recording from the offices of basic training inside the Murfreesboro Athletic Club. This is the Basic Training Podcast, show 17. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Basic Training Podcast. I am your host, Michael Bays, and if you've been keeping track over the past little bit, this being show number 17 is officially the second show done in the past three years, which makes it 200% better than what I have been doing in the past. If you're joining us for the first time, I want to welcome you to the show. This show is a show about personal training and fitness, and it's a show about life and fitness. It is a place where you can come together to pick up some new techniques, uh, to get my advice, and to basically hear my methods for training. I've been a trainer for over 15 years in the fitness industry and have worked with hundreds of people over that period of time, and this show is for you. But also, it is not just for personal trainers. Uh, I think on last week's episode, I may have frightened a few people out there thinking that I am only going to be talking to trainers out there and going to forget the public in which they serve. And honestly, nothing could be further from the truth. This show is always going to be about life and about fitness. It's going to be very applicable to trainers to help serve their people better, but it's also going to help anybody out there who's looking to get fit to give them an insight to maybe, you know, how I'm working with somebody or how their trainer is working with them, or even if they're not working with somebody, how to help improve their fitness environment and how to move their results forward. That's what the show's about. And I'm going to do my best to bring that to you guys. And this show, this show in particular, is going to be no different at all. On last week's show, I delved into the idea of what laser focus is and thereby bringing back the show, what what its general purpose was. It went over the basics of, again, the methods that I teach And, you know, to be a little bit more specific, it was about how to get your client back on track. Uh, Some of the basic tips, uh, a few food guide things here and there. It was because last week was the 4th of July and, you know, we all like to celebrate. We all like to have a good time. And, you know, as far as trainers and training goes, it presents an opportunity to us to be able to re-engage our clientele, but only if we were to, you know, push them into that because the tendency is, and this is pretty much for the general public, if you miss a Monday, if your week doesn't start out correctly, you know, why would you even try it all for the rest of the week? If that one day isn't correct, you just pretty much give up. And, you know, we just talked about that a little bit and, you know, some of my tips to get people back on track because it's a very, very common thing in our business is people falling off the wagon and getting right back on. And I think one of the bigger takeaways from that show was that it's not all on clients to get the job done Uh, as far as, you know, getting remotivated to be reengaged. The majority of whether or not your client was going to be successful was going to lie on you, the personal trainer, to be able to say, you know, I do want to get this person in. I need to get them training again and get their lives back on that regular schedule because it's easy to not do that. 
And so I really pushed out to the trainers there to not be lazy, really get back on your game and really think about what you're doing for your person. And that should be to get them in the doors, get them in session, get them working again. And I got some pretty, uh, pretty interesting feedback when it came to the show. So, uh, I actually want to discuss the top five comments from last week's show. Uh, I would say in no particular order, but I'm not going to lie. I kind of wrote them down in the order that I found them the funniest. Um, so, well, here you go. Uh, comment number five. Just talking about the things that you did at the 4th of July, Michael, to try to make us feel better, it doesn't count. You're going to have to have photos to go with that. Number four. Everything you say to do either doesn't taste good or it hurts. So why should I even try? Number three, I don't like asparagus. I like it when my pee smells good. That one, that one had a really, really good chance of being number one, except for, dude, comment number two, excuse me, dude, <laughs> I had three years of laziness, drinking, and bad eating. That's 100% on you, period. <laughs> and comment number one, uh, where is Steven Seagal and how do you have his hair? So thank you for those amazing comments and amazing reviews out there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if you have any more after tonight's show, feel free to drop them on the show notes. Um, and I promise this is not going to be a weekly thing. We are not going to be making a contest out of this, but they definitely, definitely made me smile. Um, and well, anyway, enough of last week's show. Uh, we're going to move on to the topic for today, which is creating the proper environment for your client to be successful. In the personal training world, it's not about the workout, not 100% at least. I know you guys have always heard me say, you know, trainees, people don't like training, they like their trainer, and that's 100% true. So, you know, kind of jumping off the point from last week, what do you do when a client has had a chance to have a break or they are losing consistency in what they're doing? You know, how do we set the proper environment to make them successful and, you know, as trainers, thereby making us successful in what we're doing? And actually, I'll submit to you that the answer is actually quite simple. I want you to consider this concept for a second. And I just said it. People love their trainer. They don't necessarily love training. So if they pay you or are paying you and they don't show up, is that statement still true? Is getting paid where the love for the trainer is, or is it the time they want to spend with you? You know, if the former is true, then you can just go laugh yourself all the way to the bank, cash the checks, and, you know, just go on with your day. But if it's the latter, if it's the time that they spend with you, and yet during this period they're electing to, to cancel habitually or to not value your time or their time with you, what does that really say about the service that you're giving them? Unfortunately, I think the answer is actually quite clear, and I'm going to present the idea finally to you, which is if you're having this issue consistently in your business in training, I don't think you are setting the proper environment for your client to be successful. You are not meeting some need that they want when it comes to their health and their fitness. And I know that seems kind of crazy. You know, we're trainers. We're supposed to count to 10, count to 15, move around a whole bunch and say, good job, good job. Yeah, you got this. You know, we're there to give workouts. But for anybody who's been in the industry for any length of time, you know, this is the furthest thing from the truth. We are sounding boards for our clientele. 
they come to us not only just to work out, but to vent a little bit, to to talk about their life issues, to talk about their problems, their opinions, hopes, and dreams, and all of that kind of stuff. And it's up to us to help engage and then create that environment in which they want to attend. You know, they want to come to me because they want to talk about, I don't know, uh, this major project that they're working on, this business deal, this relationship that they have. They're coming to me for that, but I am providing them not only just that that safety for them to talk about that, but they're also getting the added benefit of being able to work out at the same time. And so, you know, I had a professor in college once, and I'm sure I've said this a million times, but I'm going to say it again because it's very, very important for trainers out there to understand your job is to provide your client with half of what they want and then give them half of what they need. It is a core fundamental concept in all successful personal training. So if it's just that simple, then, you know, if you give them half of what you want, half of what they need, then, you know, how can we put that into actual core concepts or, or simplistic structures that can allow that to occur? You know, what is in creating a great training environment? How do you do that? So, well, I can tell you this. I'm going to give you a few ways that I go about it. Um, and I've come to these conclusions over the years. And I have found that if you can apply these two or three principles to everything that you're doing in training, it will help you to create that environment that's going to keep your person coming in to keep those results flowing. And they're going to end up getting so much better results than they got in the past. You know, and, and to be honest, it's very, very simple. But the trouble that we have with training uh, as a whole, I think, is we want to educate our people too much. And that's the first point that we're going to get into is you can only explain concepts to somebody and educate somebody with the tools that they have, not the tools that you have. And what I mean by that is. I can't expect somebody who has hired me to show them how to work out to already know how to work out, to know the, the more advanced concepts when it comes to anatomy and physiology. If they had known those, they probably would either be a trainer themselves or they at least would know how to work out by themselves. And so we really run into the issue of taking these very overly complicated things and trying to force that education down on our clients on a regular basis. The most common place that I find with this is with the concept of nutrition. The reason, and a good example is that the reason your clients are always coming to you with some new diet advice that they read or a news story or a new product that they want to try to, you know, this product promises them to have tons of energy, lose weight. It's only 30 days long. Uh, the word cleanse comes to mind quite a bit. They're coming to you with this. Because whatever product that they saw, whatever idea or article they read, hit them with the right amount of motivation to make them want to try it. It has nothing to do with the actual fundamental core concepts of whatever the nutrition is. You know, we may know what it is as trainers. You know, a cleanse, you know, of course you're going to lose weight if you're only drinking juice for 30 days. You know, the, the core underlying concept to that is if you eat a whole lot less, you magically lose weight. You know, if I only am drinking juice, I lose weight. I'm really not sure how this has become an advanced science, but, you know, starving people everywhere have figured that out for years. If you don't eat, you don't gain weight. 
and that could launch me into the other rant about this this idea that we have sold in this business that if somehow you don't eat enough food, you will spontaneously balloon up and gain tons of weight. But the good news is that I'm not going to do that. But it's still the point still remains. Why are they coming to you with these products and ideas and methods when if they were just to understand how nutrition works, you know, how food science works, if you could educate them, they surely would see the light, right? No. And I'll tell you why. A very famous client out there, he knows who he is, and I always have a lot of fun when we train together, but you know, one of his biggest sayings out there is never ever let the facts get in the way of a good story. And this 100% applies. It is not our job to educate our clients about, you know, the fundamentals of nutrition, and you know, unless they ask for it. You're going to find those every now and again. But the broad base of people just want to be told what to do, want to have a guide to go by, and want to see the results. They want to be told that this will get them where they need to go, and they're relying on you to get them there. And so, you know, if you're not over-educating your client and simply providing enough information to allow them to make a change in their body, that's all that's required on your part as a trainer. There's nothing malicious behind that. There's nothing negative or deceiving behind it. You are simply cutting through all of the educational material. It's like going to school in kindergarten, and then in two days, you are now graduating high school with all of the knowledge, or excuse me, all of the results that come with it. But you didn't have to do anything extra. You were actually doing instead of just talking about it. You know, it, we're not here to study the science behind it. We're here to actually to take action. They hired you to take action. They didn't hire you so that you could lecture them on what to do. Because the moment you begin lecturing somebody instead of taking action with somebody, they're going to begin to disengage. Because they can go read whatever they want to read on the internet. They can go uh, listen to news stories. But that's not action. That's somebody just presenting something to them. And the moment you begin to lose influence on your person, by not taking enough action, by moving them forward, you're going to risk the client disengaging from you. And, and that's where we are getting into the idea of, you know, if they're going to start missing appointments, they're going to start not showing up or not respecting your time or your time, their time with you. It's because you're not showing them enough action because you haven't broken down the key concepts to them or delivered things to them in the method that they can actually understand. The second way to continue to get a client, you know, to set the proper environment for them, I think it's a little bit more controversial. You know, in the same realm of not over-educating your person to keep them motivated, you also don't want to be too hard on a person um, to keep them motivated. You know, when I was younger, I made, I, I probably still make these mistakes, but I, I'd like to think I do them less now. But when I was younger, I was definitely a little bit more harder edged than I am now. And that led me to become angry when clients would miss sessions or would show up late. You know, it, it was my time um, that they were wasting and I was mad. And I would take that out on them. You know, we would work extra hard and I would say, you know, how are you not doing your homework the right way? Or I can't believe you're doing this. I have to, pe I have to pack this entire hour now into 35, 40 minutes. You know, I, I took it out on them instead of trying to analyze why were they doing this? What made them 
show up late or what made them show up not at all. And it's funny, um, but the conclusion that I came to was I had to put it back on myself. And like I said, it's, it's the whole reason what we're talking about is there was something in there that I was not doing to help reinforce or give them the confidence they needed to want to come in. And so, you know, I came up with the idea of, okay, so if every time this person messes up in their life, and I don't know about you, but I mess up quite a bit, the last thing that I would want to do is have somebody take that out on me for some reason or treat me less important or less like a person. You know, if I've messed up and I've come in late because I just got yelled at by my boss, my kids are bugging me to death, and, you know, my husband or my wife is just completely on my case for everything, there's nothing that can go right. Then the last thing I want to do is show up to work out with somebody who's going to yell at me in the exact same way. It doesn't make any sense. And so my likelihood as a client wanting to come in and deal with that becomes less and less. So I discovered when this would occur more often if I just kind of ignored it to a degree. You know, the moment somebody came in late, there was something that, you know, was starting to get under my skin. If I just pushed that to the back burner and just engaged them and made them, you know, it made them forget the rest of their day. They would come in the moment they hit my office. Every problem that the world was giving them was gone. And we are now, it's just me and my client. We're there for a workout, whether it, whether an hour session has now turned into 30 minutes, 15 minutes, 45, whatever. That time is still going to be theirs in order for me to try to get them the best results possible. And so when I started shifting that approach from somebody who was you know pissed off at somebody for showing up late into really saying, okay, well, here's what I've got to deal with. Let's give them the best, you know, however much time remaining they have as possible. I noticed that the continuance of people missing training sessions really started to drop. And all I can imagine is exactly what I just said. If you can create a positive environment where people want to come back then you stand a better chance of actually having them respect your time, show up on time, and you can retain that client that way. Because if you make somebody feel terrible for coming in, uh, for messing up, I guarantee you it's 100% harder to train somebody who never comes in than it is to train somebody who just shows up a little late. Now, if you're thinking, you know, up until this point, Michael, basically what you've said is you need to talk to them like they're a kindergartner. And you need to ignore any terrible thing they're doing, you know, any any undisciplined thing that's going on and just ignore it and go on. I, I think you may be missing some of my point um, because the last point that I'm going to talk about, this one's really probably going to make some trainers out there uh, angry. <laughs> There's no other way to say it. Um, but understand that, that I attack it from this standpoint as well. And, and that is if somebody is not, if I haven't created that environment to make a client successful. If for some reason they don't want to come in, I've got to put that hundred percent back on me, the trainer. Um, you know, maybe there's something that's, that's not working that I need to be doing better. And that could easily just be, you know, something as simple as maybe I need to really hammer down the idea of taking body measurements. You know, maybe I need to uh, re-engage more with their family. Maybe I need to change my training methods up. You know, it, it's less about figuring out what's wrong with the client and it's more about figuring out what you're not giving them as their trainer. 
And I think that can be done without compromising the way you train. And, and I think that's a very important piece to this because your client hired you for you. So whatever method you use to train people, that's what they want or that's what they thought they wanted. And so I think you can manipulate and or modify the things that you do as a trainer, uh, the methods that you use, the style that you use, the way that you teach in order to help, you know, move your client out of a rut that they've gotten into. And, you know, it, it could be, like I said, as simple as taking measures again, you know, really hammer down the idea of, hey, I really would like you to bring in your training log, you know, because because you're writing everything down as a trainer, right? You know, you're out on the floor, you're working out, you've got 10 to 12 people a day, you're writing all their stuff down because it's important to know where each client is. That way you know how to serve them best, right? If you're not, uh, I think that's going to be a topic later on. And trust me, that one will basically just be called Michael's rant episode. Um, but I'll digress from that to now. It, you know, it, it could be that. Um, it could be, you know, a way to help engage them, help them, ask them, if you will, to do some things for you that, you know, Hey, I know we've been missing a lot, but if you would, could you try to make it in this next time? Because I've been working on something, uh, a new training method that I think is going to be really, really fun for you. You know, I think it's going to be right up your alley, but I need you here to do that for me. You know, put it on them a little bit to say, Hey, can you help me out? You know, just get them in the door, get them back in, you know, half of somebody not showing up is not a good environment, but the other half is they're, they're demotivated somehow, you know, and just a simple asking somebody to help you do something might be the key that, that helps get them back in to, to really try, you know, and if you've got a client that's demotivated, there's a real good chance that maybe if they're bored, you are just not as their trainer, you're, you're not giving them, you're not stimulating them to want to try and maybe a culture change is necessary. And, and yeah. Okay. Now from this point forward, I'm not advocating that every person who's working with a trainer who may not have seen results for a while, go and get a new trainer. That is a terrible idea. But that being said, not being afraid to try something different as a client, maybe what is necessary. And as a trainer, sometimes you have to know when you're not getting results from a person anymore and knowing that they still really want to get those results. It's up to you to say, okay, hey, you know, we've been doing this for a while and we've gotten great results together, but what maybe you should try taking this boot camp class, you know, on the weekend. Um, or, hey, this other trainer over here, I know they've got some really cool group sessions going and that fits your time it might be worth you taking uh, a look at that and, you know, just give it a shot. Um, not being afraid to let your client go and experiment with other things is a really, really strong thing for a trainer. It's a very necessary thing. You're not going to lose your person if they get good results doing this other thing because at the end of the day, remember, they love their trainer, not training, and they won't remember that it was that thing that got them results. It was that their trainer recommended that they try this instead. And keeping with the idea of culture change is really where, for those of you out there that are listening that are not working with somebody currently, but have your own programs that you do, you know, culture is a very important thing of why you're lifting 
or, or running or doing whatever you're doing, where you're doing it, you feel comfortable in that scenario. You know, whether it's a gym, uh, a running group, an outdoor boot camp, or whatever you're participating in, that culture is fitting your need greatly. Unless you're getting to the point where you're not seeing results anymore or you're just not showing up to work out. You know, it's easy, you know, to today you may have done it, but you what if you're working out one day and then for the next three days you're taking those days off because other things seem to be coming up in your life. If that's happening and you've had a good track record of working out in the past, maybe it, it could be time to start investigating something new, something that you haven't done in a while. You know, a culture change might be necessary. It's a very, very important thing to always be willing to try new methods because, again, every bit of exercise works. But it only works if you show up to do it. If you don't show up to do it and you don't do anything, nothing gets done. So, you know, I, I can give you extra ideas all day long on fitness and nutrition. I think I just actually wrote an article about it the other day. You can do the right things, but until there's action in what you're doing, nothing is going to get done. So, you know, just investigate something new. Give something brand new a shot. The worst that's going to happen is you realize that you like the old stuff you used to do, and then you can go right back to it, you know. But until you go and experiment, you just never know. And the second thing you can do for all those out there who are doing this on their own is take a look at your old training logs. And again, you know, saving the rant for a later date, you are writing everything down right because if you're not tracking it, if you don't know where you were, how do you know where you need to go? It's a f the fundamental thing in fitness. Write everything down. The worst that's going to happen is you realize that you're stagnant. But the best thing that can happen, and this is the reason I recommend this, look at what you were doing You know when you started this. You know When you started your fitness uh, and exercise routines, where were you then? And then look at yourself now. You know, a lot of times, all of us, and this is me included, we forget where we were. All we realize is we're still not where we want to be, but you don't realize where you started from. And sometimes the greatest points of motivation that we find out there are in looking at how far we've come in working out or, you know, in running. You know, there, there are times I've had people that couldn't walk up and down stairs without being tired and saying, okay, that is the workout, you know, that, that good team, great, we went up and down the stairs, let's bring it in for another day, you know, and now they're running half marathons and marathons. But you forget because the process takes such a long period of time, you do not understand that you were that out of shape to begin with. And so that's where the importance of your logbooks come into play. And then just simply taking a look at that and see what you've done might be one of the biggest motivators that gets you back into doing what you know you need to. And it could just be that simple. You know, I, I really strive to not overcomplicate this stuff for anybody that's listening, whether you're a trainer or a general fitness enthusiast. Everything that we do has to be able to be understood by the most amount of people for it to be effective. And so that was the purpose of what we just talked about tonight. You know, don't overeducate your client if you're a personal trainer. You know, educate them enough or educate them to the level that they want with the idea that no matter what you do, it's designed to take action. You know, that's one of the first major things. You know, the second one is 
make sure that when, you know, to re-engage a client, to keep somebody motivated, to prevent cancellations, to prevent the idea that you have to continue to get them back on this wagon is to create an environment in which they want to show up. And that involves not heckling them, not making them feel bad, but really you know, taking them where they are and still giving them what they need. And so, you know, to not be resentful of that, you know, and finally it is, you know, take a look at the culture that you've designed in your personal training style. You know, what do you like that these people hired you for? And are you still giving that to them? And if you're not, don't be afraid to suggest a slight culture change, you know, let them try something new. They will not remember getting the results from something that you from this thing they remember that you're the one that told them to do it you're their sounding board you are the reason that they're coming in and that's the valuable piece not the exercise but the trainer that is prescribing the exercise you know and and those three things alone will work volumes for you to continue to generate success in your clients to keep them coming in because Again, the entire purpose of what we do is not to sell more training, to not become the biggest and the best training company in the world. All we're looking to do is train to retain. If you can retain your clientele, in my view, you are the most successful type of personal trainer on the planet. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter the style you have. If your people love you, you're doing the right thing. And I'll end the show tonight by just simply saying the bottom line is whether you are a personal trainer trying to get a client re-engaged or trying to get them restarted on a training program or just someone looking to be remotivated to to strive and get started again with those things that you were getting into fitness to to try and accomplish you know whether you're one of those two don't just sit back and watch it happen you know notice that it's happening notice that you're not being as consistent as you were and you know it, it it's like watching a slow moving train coming at you. You see it coming, you see that light and it's coming. It's already there and you're just letting it happen. And and once you've identified that that is the problem, it is now your duty and responsibility to try to correct it. Because I firmly believe that fitness and nutrition and working out is the, one of the if not the most positive forces on your life. You need to do this. It is important that you do it. You know, and there's a great quote out there. I really wish it was mine, but it's a, it's, a gr- it's a great quote by a man named Grant Cardone. If you never read his stuff, it's fantastic. Uh, he's a sales coach. He's a motivational guy. Uh, I choose bits and pieces of that because what we do is build a lot more relationship. But this quote really does pertain to everybody. And like I said, I wish it was mine. And The idea is, Grant Cardone says, success doesn't happen to you. It happens because of you. Now, I want you to take that and think about that. Nothing in this world happens to you. It happens because of you. So if you plan to be successful, if you want to get the results you want, if you're a trainer and you want to continue to build your business and retain your clients, if you're just a workout enthusiast out there looking to get remotivated, it only works when you take action. It will happen when you happen to it rather than letting it happen to you. And that's it for tonight's show, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Michael Bays. You can catch me at www.basicbaes-ictraining.com or at michaelbays.com. 
You can catch me on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, feel free to uh, comment on the show. Uh, comment, send me a private message, whatever works for you. Um, and also don't be afraid to leave a review on iTunes. Uh, those reviews help an absolute ton because I have a goal for this show, and that is to be the voice in personal training and health and fitness. Not to provide the best workouts that anybody can do, but to let people and trainers develop the best workouts that anybody can do. So until next week, eat well and train hard. I'm Michael Bays, signing off.